Monday, everybody. I am Alika Hope, and I am one of the hosts of this podcast called Alika Hope and Change. And today I'm joined by my brother. What's his name? What's your name? Change, brother? also known as Emil. <laughs> Every day I'm joined by you. So we all want to know, Emil, where are yeah. you in the world today? Because we know you're not at home. Today, I am mm. in Cincinnati, Ohio. Home of the world-famous Procter & Gamble, Cincinnati Reds, Cincinnati Bengals, and the disabled American veterans who are hosting me and several other entrepreneurs for their Patriot Boot Camp, where we entrepreneurs are getting flooded with information, networking opportunities, mentorship, and perhaps the opportunity to win a little bit of money for our businesses through a pitch competition. Whoa, whoa, whoa. See, now I, I got to tell y'all listening because all I knew was that Emil was in Cincinnati at a conference. This is the context I get from my brother. So, slow it up. Wait a minute. Let's go back on the tape. So, you are at the, you mean the DAV? Like those, that, that, the, the disabled veterans, right? That's correct. And, a, an organization that was started yeah, right after World War One. Absolutely. I, I've donated money and close to them. I'm like, they're like big time, man. And so, you're, you're, this competition, do people go up and do like pitch decks for, uh, a group that's listening or what? How, how does that work? In the parlance of the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial circle, it is okay. the elevator pitch where we are being, ah. uh, our, our prompt is we have two minutes to talk mm -hmm. to three venture capitalists without slides in order to win a small amount of money of what would be to a venture capitalist chump change. But to us, every penny counts as you're an entrepreneur. So that's the prompt. And uh, the Disabled American so cool. Veterans, DAV, yeah. has um, partnered with Patriot Boot Camp. They are now a, uh, the Patriot Boot Camp is part of the DAV, and they're using mm -hmm. it as a way to improve and increase veteran business ownership and veteran entrepreneurship. And so they actually have a brand new building in their national headquarters here in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And we have, I got the, I got the grand tour uh, earlier today, over the last few days, uh, the last day that I was here, uh, we got lectures about branding, lectures about venture capital, lectures about, uh, we got one-on-one -on -one time with mentors who are themselves successful entrepreneurs who've exited from their ventures. So it's been a robust, amazing time, and I'll be leaving here later today. Mm -hmm. And I will probably, and I'm also doing the pinch competition. I was selected as a finalist. So my business ooh, ooh. is on the up and up. That's good. Wait, it's on the up and up, meaning it's legit? Or you mean it's on its way up? <laughs> <laughs> That's my sister right there. Alika, uh, I love you. And you're brilliant. <laughs> but as you well know, I run my business for mostly myself. I'm not yes. trying to take over the world. But yes. everything that I do, I do as well as I possibly can. And take advantage of the opportunities that we have in front of us as entrepreneurs, as veterans, as business owners. Mm. It's a wonderful place where we can network and become uh, something I think is amazing. Just the collaboration is amazing. So this place That's is great. really something special. And this last two days has been phenomenal. And, you know, I would love it if somehow you could get somebody from the DAV down the road to come and talk on the show, because I think people need to be made aware of 
how much they do to help people who have helped our country so much and given so much um, for the U.S. And uh, that's really nice that they're supporting entrepreneurs because I think we're in a a time in society when people should be encouraged to start their own businesses and follow their passions, right? And then that's really, I think what technology has really helped us be able to do. If there's things that have been learned from COVID, it's that people really can start businesses from their homes and use technology. Uh, even in a person-to-person industry, they can still use technology to help them uh, grow their dreams. And so that's cool. I wish I was there with you. Um, that's okay, though. It, it really is something. And I will bring someone from the national staff up here uh, yeah. onto our show. That would be awesome. And, you know, I have to tell you something, though. You you said something about, you know, Alika, my sister, you are brilliant. And you just reminded me of something that uh, people were teasing me about this earlier this week. And Jamie and uh, Emil were, were more, more Emil. I have to say more Emil kind of ribbed me a little bit uh, before we got on the air. But it's something that's happened my whole life. <laughs> and when I, I remember being little and people would say, you know, oh, she's she's gifted. I had a high IQ and all this other stuff. And like all the common sense. I had to learn common sense. And my other half of the past five years, shout out to my Joe, because sometimes we'll be going somewhere and he'll say something. And then I'll just be like, what? And he'll literally turn and just stare at me be like you are the smartest woman i've ever met but sometimes it just blows my mind that you don't understand what i'm saying it'll be like something like turn left at the light and i'll be like what <laughs> <laughs> so i would like to say that if you ever think to yourself oh alika's a genius do not think for one minute it means that she sees that piece of gum on the floor in front of her because she probably doesn't and you might be dumbfounded at the fact that alika misses all of these common sense things because she had to learn those things because her head was always in the clouds. So, you know, when people out there are like, oh, these smart kids, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, but sometimes it's because they really don't get the little things. So shout out to the gifted kids out there who socially and commonsensically had to work twice as hard as everybody else. That was my little um, public I awareness concur. plug for everybody. I Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate your plug because um, yeah. we we are cut from the same cloth in that way, and yeah. our brother is not. He's the common he sense genius among us. He is. There, when the three of us are together, we can count on Karim to always have all of the down-to-the-ground answers while Emil and I are looking at, like, we'll look at a staircase and be like, ooh, we can figure <laughs> out how to make that staircase, like, four, you know, four uh, flights higher and curve it, and then 10 people can go on it. And, and Karim's over there like, y'all, let's just take the escalator. And then Emil and I are like, oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. he we need was all brains. With the ability to see things as they are, and I love that. <laughs> he keeps both of us grounded because of it. <laughs> He's like, it's That's right in front for of real. I'm like, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we need that. We need that, and the world needs that. And that's why, you know, I, I always say humans are so beautiful because everybody, everybody I've ever met has some kind of gift to offer the world. Um, you know, and actually our guest today uh, is someone who's really good at seeing the giftedness and everybody I've ever seen her meet. It's kind of amazing. Like I, I uh, did a show with her and I watched her after the show, hugging people and talking to them and looking them in the eye. And like, you could see that she valued the humanity in everybody that she saw. And that's one reason why I thought that she would make a great change maker. Uh, her name is Kristen Van Genoven. I'm going to read her bio, and then she's actually going to join us on the air after the break. So Kristen is the producing artistic director and co-founder of Wham Theater. She's a leader, director, educator, changemaker, and social entrepreneur who works at the intersection of arts and activism. Kristen is a dual Canadian-American nice. citizen. 
She's based in the Berkshires of Western Massachusetts, where she regularly enjoys many of the outdoor and cultural wonders there. And as Wham's producing artistic director, some of her directing credits include Anne, The Bakelite Masterpiece, In Darfur, Emily, and she's also directed Anne, which was a one-woman play. It actually got brought to Arena Stage and the Dallas Theater Center. She's also directed The Whale and 10-Minute Play Festivals at Barrington Stage Company. And uh, she was trained at Dalhousie University, Queen's University, and Emerson College. So obviously she was trained at Canadian and U.S. colleges. And she's also a member of the Society of Stage Directors and Choreographers, a theater artist for the International Schools Theater Association, which allowed her to travel around the world. And she's also a member of Lincoln Center's Directors Lab. She's an artist, a feminist, and a highly sensitive person. Whoop, whoop. She values healthy practices like meditating and walking and time affluence. And I don't know what time affluence is. We need to ask her what that is. Her I'm guiding going to ask quote. Her that. Good. Thank you. Her guiding quote, which I wholeheartedly agree with, is I may be one person, but I can be one person who makes a difference. Kristen will join us when we come right back. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. We are back, and Kristen is here. Kristen, Kristen, how you doing? I'm so good. It was such a pleasure to hear your opening segment. I just had a big smile on my face over here. <laughs> Outstanding. Welcome, Kristen. It's good to have you on our show. And I loved your bio. I love hearing all the different things you've done, are doing, and will do. Oh, thank Ooh. you. And I'm such a fan of this show. So I'm totally like geeking out here that I'm a guest. <laughs> <laughs> You're most so welcome <laughs> have you. Alika, Alika yeah. introduced me to you by email, so it's really good to be able to hear your voice and have a conversation with you. Agreed, 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 yes. Um, email, do you want to ask her what, to, what time it affluence is? <laughs> I you know, I, I, I will ask, I will, we have the chit chat. Okay, so oh, okay. <laughs> this, is, this is Alika, this is Alika giving me Just a prompt. For those of you who don't know in theater, a prompt can be someone whispering from the side like my sister just did. And the oh, prompt I was, just was what is little time sister, but yes, affluence? <laughs> you're, you're, no, you're good. You're good. This is, this is you making sure that your brother's on track. Uh, mm. So in your bio, Christian, there's this, mm -hmm. this concept called time affluence that mm. is, it needs an explanation. We need to hear how you, how that word works. So can you kind of mm. guide us through that and where it came mm -hmm. from? Well, I can guide you through it. I was just racking my brain to be like, where did I first hear it? And who, um, you know, who coined the term? And I can't think of the name right now. But at the beginning of the pandemic, I took this online course that was offered to the public um, through Yale oh. by Dr. Lori Santos, which was like the key to happiness or something like that. And oh. in that course, it shared that the five we all think that the keys to happiness are cars and salaries and homes and these material things. 
But all the research shows that the five keys to happiness, now I hope I can remember them, are kindness, social mm-hmm. connection, time affluence, mind control, and healthy practices. So I was like, time affluence? Because I'm a doer, like Alika, <laughs> and you, Emil. <laughs> and so I'm constantly like, I'm going to go from this, and then I'm going to go to this, and then I'm going to do this other thing in my schedule. I'm, and so time affluence is about finding places in your day, like creating a time budget and being like, how do I want to spend my day? And where can I find ways to open up some time for myself? So for example, Mm. maybe I am able to have somebody come and clean my home. And then that gives me an hour of time affluence that I wouldn't have had before. Or maybe I can go for a walk and listen to a meeting that I wasn't able to attend. And so I'm, you know, uh, there is, there's actually a name for that too, like the, the tasking on top of one another. And so I'm creating time affluence because I'm opening up time somewhere else. And, mm-hmm. and the time affluence and not feeling like we're rushing from thing to thing. So finding ways to give ourselves some time, you know, through time budgeting and, crowding Mm. things together or moving things around or depending on what level of um, resources we have or access we have finding ways to have other people do things for us or with us Mm -hmm. so that it opens up time and gives us this spaciousness that so many of us don't have that's beautiful i can say that i I learned about time influence during the pandemic because before the pandemic, I think either we had no TVs or maybe we had one we didn't use. And since the pandemic, I now have three televisions in my house. And I know my time influence is running to my bedroom and turning on Netflix and watching it. And when my kids are doing something and it's the best thing ever because it's like I just lay on the bed. I'm like, ooh, this is my I'm start saying time affluence. Mm-hmm. Usually I just say I'm going to take a rest for 45 minutes and I watch some show on Netflix. It's bad for my brain, but I don't care. That's but I'm going to start affluence. saying time affluence. I love it. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. That's the best. So, yes. yes. Instead of money affluence, which is overrated time affluence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Just educated There's my power one. in recognizing your wealth in time. Mm-hmm. So there's this there's this concept that I think um, many of us don't use enough of, which is slowing down to speed up. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. The yeah, phrase exactly. is one that I use in my business circle, mm-hmm. and uh, it's coined by a dear friend of mine, Rashad. Hey, shout out to Rashad, uh, Rashad Howard. Uh, he is he focuses on teaching all of the people we work with when we work together in a company. Um, and I consult with him. Mm-hmm. This concept of slowing down means that you take more time to think through what you really intend to do before you go do it. It's mm-hmm. in that slowing down space where the wealth of time begins to show its great value. Because if you feel like you have to rush into things, you often make mistakes and then you mm-hmm. end up doing things twice or you end up not getting. Uh, what we would call in the military a suboptimal outcome. Uh, mm. in, call that a failure. And mm. uh, when you're slowing down, that wealth of time is your asset to really ensure that when you finally go do, it, you're doing it the right way for the right reason, with the right timing. And so I love this concept of time affluence in our personal life where we can slow down 
and use that time to gather ourselves and rest and think and then spring forward into whatever action we need. So speaking Absolutely. of time, let me ask Kristen about the time is right. <laughs> Why did you start Wham! at the time that you did? Why was the time right? Ooh, transition. What? High five. Ooh. So, Kristen. Guess what? You're the host. You're so brilliant. <laughs> but no common sense. All right. So tell us about Wham! and why you started it. Mm, yeah. So as a dual Canadian and American The level citizen, of that I'm, brilliance. I know. I know. Anyway. Uh, dual. in your company. Um, I, I moved to the States in the fall of 2007. And I wasn't able to work here. So here I was, I was this person with an advanced degree and, you know, tons of privilege and in terms of the color of my skin and the level of my education and being a you know, middle class upbringing. And I wasn't able to work here. And so I actually got very depressed um, oh. and was feeling really sorry for myself. And then I read a book called Half the Sky, Turning Oppression into Opportunity for Women Worldwide by Nicholas Kristof and Cheryl Wudan in 2009. And I was here living in the Berkshires. I was surrounded by all this culture and theaters and stuff, and I wasn't able to work at them. And so I was feeling sorry for myself. And that book was a real reality check for me. It was filled with these stories of these extraordinary women all around the world with far less privilege than me in many cases, who just from some deep part of themselves, you know, had the ambition and dedication and resilience and persistence to create opportunity for themselves. And it was such a inspiration to me that I thought, well, what I do is theater and how can I use that to create opportunity for myself and others for an issue that I feel really strongly about, which is women's rights. Wow. And were you in the Berkshires at that time? Yes, I was okay. in the Berkshires at that time, just finishing up at Emerson. And so we launched it in 2010 and um, as a way to work at the intersection of arts and activism and our way of tackling gender equity in terms of creating opportunity for women's stories to be told, women theater artists to be hired and um, share those stories with our audiences because theater, like every other sector, um, is has has to redress the balance, let's say, around mm -hmm. um, gender equity, both for people who identify as um, women and girls or people who are non-binary, anybody who doesn't identify as a man. And before we go to break, quick question. What does WAM stand for? Oh, we'll have to answer that after the break. That's Okay, we story. come back from the break. <laughs> We're going to find out what WAM <laughs> stands for. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Wham it to us. What does it mean? <laughs> so the hilarious thing is when when you start a passion nonprofit, um, and I don't know, maybe maybe the two of you as entrepreneurs can relate to this. Like I didn't know what I was doing, right? So mm -hmm. I was just like trying to think of you know what can we call this and. Um, 
somehow came across the Roy Lichtenstein pop art from the 60s. Wham, bam. And loved the, like, colors. Like, right? You can see the colors, the red, yellow, and blue of the wham letters from the, like, that art. And it was like a late night. It was like you and Emil with the stairs, right? It was like, oh, this is such good energy. Oh, my God. Look at this innervating energy. And so was that. We were just like, wham. That's going to be the name. Did not stand for anything. We just loved the energy. And then everybody was like, what's the acronym stand for? Because Berkshire's is a place with all these theaters that have acronyms. S&Co, BTG, BSC, you know, Mass Mocha. And like, what does it stand for? And I was like, um, you know, so it started being women's action movement because Half the Sky was a book that invited people to join the movement to take action, you know, to create equity for women. But as time went on, we were like, we really create theater for everyone that benefits people that identify as women and girls. So now we say that it we are a place where arts and activism meet. So we're like, wham, but just W-A-M. <laughs> so that's why it's a longer oh, story. Because okay. the embarrassing part is like, it doesn't really stand for anything. We just like the sound of the word. And I'm like, if you start a nonprofit, who would pick something meet. that starts with a W? I mean, seriously, you're like always at the end of the alphabet. <laughs> I actually like you the way you just said that. We're arts and activism. Oh, they mean. But she's a wham. I'm going to start saying that. Wham theater. So, Kristen, um, you, you did this amazing thing when you were transitioned from Canada to America. You found an opportunity to employ yourself and use your talent. And, and from that has come this theater that is uh, presenting art in ways that uplift, educate, and improve the lives of women and girls or those who identify as. And so the question that I would ask you is, where was your greatest triumph or where was your greatest challenge that you really, you know, this is it. I like, how did it go to get from that concept, wonderful name? Okay. I'm an established art house here in the Berkshires. And then there was something in between. So your greatest challenge or your greatest triumph? Mm, Wow, there are so many. I mean, as entrepreneurs, which I consider myself, you know, I run a nonprofit, but it's a small business just like both of you have. So Mm -hmm. um, and starting as somebody who, you know, wasn't trained as a business person. um, You know, one of the unique things about WAM, which Alika knows, is that we have a philanthropic side. So for every production that we do, we have a recipient who works on the front lines of women's rights and they for each particular play we take the theme of the play and there's an organization that works in the same area whether it's gender violence or maternal mortality or girls education or financial literacy for women or women in politics or different you know aspects of um, women's issues and women's rights and we donate mm-hmm. a portion of the box office proceeds to them and those are always my like these beautiful moments because as a nonprofit, we're always the recipient of philanthropy. So, so to work at WAM as the artist and know that like your art is your activism, like Mm. just by coming and working at WAM as a professional artist and getting paid, you are being an activist because money for, you know, the better the show is, the more people that come, the more money we can donate, you know, and we had like a group of, eighth graders who were 
you know, the first in their family to be considering college. And one of the donations from our shows about a female scientist who was lost to history, like so many women have been erased in history. Um, you know, they got, they received a, a donation to be able to take a tour of historically black colleges and universities. And that was in 2013. Some of those young women are now in some of those colleges. And we had this <laughs> tiny part of like, wow. you know, having them be like pay for the van or, you know, mm-hmm. pay for the gas that got them on that trip to go on that college campus and see what it could be like for them. So those are the greatest triumphs. Those are definitely um, those pond moments and then like the swamp moments of <laughs> which, you know, you the challenges and the swamps of running our own business for me, like fundraising has been a huge learning curve, just mm. the confidence to do it like every day. Be, you know, we are the ones who care the most, right? You are mm-hmm. the person who starts the business with the one who cares about it the most. So continuing to inspire other people and build a community of people around you who are as inspired by it as you, you know, sometimes that can be challenging. I'm highly sensitive, as I wrote in my bio. So rejection can be challenging for me. And I'm in the theater where rejection is like, you know, always <laughs> happening. Right. Always, um, always. Yeah. So it would feel personal. I don't know how y'all do it, actually. Wanna, it's, well, you you know, grit, resilience. But yeah, sure. And um, I always say, you know, the best way to um, make steel harder is to beat it. So I get that. <laughs> I also have like evolved into the place of like, if, if you're into, you know, animal welfare, like we might not be your bag. So I'll tell That's you right. about my friend who runs this great shelter and, you know, we're all in this together and we are one part of so many systems of oppression. And so the more that we all collaborate and work together, then, you know, maybe we can chip away at this much larger issue that we're all trying to work against. That's, that's true. And I think too, to Emil's point, it kind of goes what you're saying about, you know, if, if you love animal charities, I might not be the right place for you. It's the same thing with actors, Emil. Like I got to a point in my career where if I audition and I'm not chosen, it's just not the right fit. You know, maybe you mm-hmm. need someone, someone called me and wanted me to be in their show because they saw a picture of me and they thought I was in my 20s. And the picture was taken last year. So I was very, that was, that was very flattering. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm in my 40s. And she's like, oh, I can't use you then. I forgot. But you know, like, okay, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. and, you know, yeah. or sometimes, you know, someone said, oh, you're five ten and a half. Our leading man is five six. gender bias. Anyway, so that didn't work. You know, like, so as actors, like, we just kind of, we get to a point in our career, as younger actors, it was hard. And it was hard for me, probably for Kristen, when you're sensitive like we are, mm-hmm. I did take it personally. And then over time, I think the more work that you do at any performing arts, the more you realize if you're doing your best, it's not about you, it's about what they're looking for, is just not who you are in that moment at that place in time. Um, and I think that actually kind of aligns with what Kristen was saying about right. if you go to a funder, Okay, well, I really want to save wild cats in, you know, mm-hmm. wherever, Alaska. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think that was well said. Um, yeah, Kristen, and there's, it, a, there's a thought leader in casting called Victor Vasquez, and we actually just did an interview with him that's on our website in our Spotlight series. Ooh. And he re, he's really encouraging folks to reimagine auditions, not in the kind of capitalist system of, of like, pass-fail, but more mm-hmm. as like we're an ecosystem, we're all connected to one another and every audition is a meeting point, is a chance to connect, mm, you know? Yes. And as like that, the more you see it like that, the more authentic it is and the more connected we are. And that's what we all want and need at the end of the day is to feel connected with somebody. 
Wouldn't it be great to see a casting director invite other casting directors so that each audition gave people exposure to multiple venues and opportunities? They do that. Mm-hmm. I've done that mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And That's it actually lovely. and it worked. That's how I got hired by this random theater in New Jersey because there was like 10 people there. And so that does actually work. I would hire you um, anytime. You're just amazing. Oh, you know what? Well, actually, I was going to transition before we end to if people want to find out more about Wham or donate or anything like that. Could you give us all of your all of your handles, information, website, etc.? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, the the best way to find us is at whamtheater.com, W-A-M-T-H-E-A-T-R-E, because I am Canadian, dot com. And if you go there, there's all kinds of information there. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, so lots of different places to find us. Okay, and before we go, I just want to ask you a question, um, Kristen. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever hear about the actor who fell through the floor? No. Oh, well, it was just a stage he was going through. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and this is why I love this podcast. I don't we, know why we, I let my sister get away with this, but it's been working, so I'm not going to stop. Kristen, thank you so much for being on our you. show. We really appreciate your presence and what you do for the community. Continue building out arts through and activism and have those things intersecting at WAM. And uh, Alika, thank you for yet another reason to guffaw. You're welcome. Take care, America and Australia and Egypt and everybody else listening. Bye-bye now. (laughs) Bye now. (laughs) If you enjoyed what you heard today on Alika Hope and Change, please head over to iTunes to rate the show and leave a review. It's really the best way for you to show your support for the show. And bonus, it costs you $0. Join the conversation on Instagram, share this episode with your friends on social media, or just tell others by word of mouth. Thank you and keep sharing hope and change.